of honor and a creature of legend. Hello, and welcome to Media Evil, a medieval pop culture podcast, where we talk about how medieval and medieval-inspired movies, TV, and books depict the medieval world. What did they get right? What did they get wrong? And what do they tell us about how modern people see the medieval past? I'm Sarah F. Decker, a medieval historian, and today I'll be talking about Dragonheart with guests Mary Galvin and Sally Whiting. Hi. 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 Thank you both for coming on. And uh, do you want to tell the listeners a little bit about yourselves? Yeah. We're, so she's an artist and I'm a writer. And we're in business together. We collaborate on different projects. Cool. What kind of stuff do you do? Well, at the moment, we're, Mary is writing, well, she has written poetry that we're combining into a book and I'm doing illustrations for them. Cool. Sounds exciting. Yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> And why were you especially excited about talking about this uh, particular movie, which you recommended to me? I actually had not seen it before. I hadn't, I think, well, I hadn't seen it since I was a kid. And I remember loving parts of it and being emotional at some, you Mm -hmm. know, the event at the end. But also remembering, like, I don't think the acting was very good. So (laughs) (laughs) I had to, I had to see it again. (laughs) And the first thing I thought of when thinking of medieval movies was this movie because I mm-hmm. watched it a lot when I was a child. Yeah, no, I definitely missed it. It uh, it has a weirdly star-studded cast for a movie that, as you said, the acting is like not amazing. Yeah, I don't know what yeah, happened there. <laughs> but so it's Dennis Quaid as Bowen, uh, Sean Connery as the voice of Draco the Dragon. David Thewlis, Remus Lupin as Aynan, Pete Postlethwaite as Brother Gilbert, Jason Isaacs as Lord Felton. I really liked the, like, Remus Lupin having Lucius Malfoy as his sidekick was an interesting (laughs) uh, twist that has been... You know, I didn't even catch that. (laughs) (laughs) They look so different. (laughs) That was, like, the first thing I thought. I don't know, it's maybe because Jason Isaacs in this actually doesn't look that different from the movie I first saw him in, which was The Patriot. Oh, okay. Which was very much, I think, the beginning of him, like, making a name for himself as being cast as just horrifically evil people. (laughs) He's pretty good at it. (laughs) Yeah, and, like, I I read this interview with him a while back where he was basically, like people come up on the street to me and tell me they hate me. Oh, no. (laughs) And he's, as far as I know, a very nice man. (laughs) It seems like, like, I hear that, you kind of hear that a lot. Like, someone who plays bad guys a lot is usually pretty nice. And then a lot of people who play, like, good guys in our stars might not be so nice. Right, yeah. I think, actually, the kid who plays Joffrey, like, quit acting because just Aww. the extent to which like everybody thinks of him as this like sadistic creep who's sort of wearing on him. Oh no. That sucks. It's really sad. Yeah. People can't be that how do you compare an actor to their character they play and think that that's the same person? Right. It's just so odd that people have this like weird inability to divorce to divorce the person they are on screen from the person that they are in real life. Yeah. Right. It's yeah. really crazy. Yeah. Yes, but also has Julie Christie as Queen uh, Ashlyn? Aslan? Was it Aislinn? Aislinn? I, Aislinn? I feel like they pronounced it Aislinn. Because I know in, like, do, in Irish, it's not, that's not how you pronounce it. In Irish, I think it's something like Ashlyn, although I'm not 100% yeah. sure. Yeah, that sounds but, right. Yeah. 
And then Dina Meyer as Kara or Kara and John Gilgood is uncredited, but is the voice of King Arthur who will appear briefly. Yeah. <laughs> so the first section, the enumeratio, is where we all give a kind of brief orienting summary of the plot and then we'll kind of just go through things that we noticed about the film and just kind of have a general discussion. So for the brief recap, the knight Bowen is mentoring Prince Einan when he is then mortally wounded in the same battle that kills his father. In order to save the prince, Bowen and Queen Eslin take Einan to a dragon who grants him half his heart. Einan turns out to be the worst, and Bowen blames the dragon's heart for corrupting him. He ditches Einan and becomes a dragon slayer in revenge. After he's killed all but one dragon, the very last suggests that they team up and stage dragon killings for money. They are joined by Brother Gilbert, a monk who is very into King Arthur, and Kara, a peasant woman who seeks vengeance against Einan for the death of her father. Draco, the dragon, reveals that he is in fact the dragon who gave Einan his heart, and that the problem wasn't the heart, it was definitely Einan. After a vision of King Arthur, Bowen agrees to lead a rebellion against Einan. They successfully lead the villagers in an uprising, but ultimately can only defeat Einan by killing the dragon, the other half of his heart. Draco becomes a star, and Bowen and Kara apparently invent socialist democracy, which is great <laughs> in the 10th century. Yeah. <laughs> it ends like, even how they say it is basically Camelot. And when, like, for the time that they ruled, it was the golden age. I was like, <laughs> it's like, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> Yeah, and it was also like, wait, so who's who's ruling? Like, are they ruling now? Like, did they get elected? <laughs> I guess just because they led did the they rebellion. <laughs> right, like, there's no actual explanation or discussion. Like, it really makes it sound like they've just, like, invented democracy now or something. Yeah, it doesn't really. It was, it was a weird movie. <laughs> I love it. it. <laughs> I mean, there, yeah, there's a lot of things that didn't make sense. Yeah. yeah um... Dennis Quaid's accent, by the way, being one of them. Oh, oh. my God, it's so bad. <laughs> what was it supposed what? to be? At some points, it sounded he Irish. Trying to make his British? voice deeper, I think. Yeah, no, I assume he was trying for British, but only like sixty percent of the time, and not well. <laughs> no. Right. Yeah. Like every now and then, you'd hear a word. I was like, <laughs> what is that? <laughs> Like a twang, there were a few twangs in there. It was like, oh, it's Midwestern almost. Like, yeah. I don't know. Was, <laughs> he didn't know it was bad. <laughs> yeah. So it starts with he's training Aynan, and it's the movie's like clearly trying to make us think that like Bowen's interpretation eventually of his whole situation that like Aynan was this good kid who got corrupted by the dragon's heart is a valid interpretation. There is nothing about that you ever see of Einan that would lead you to that interpretation. Yeah, no, the exact opposite. <laughs> and it's like yeah. when they're when they're sparring, I think is the word. When they're sparring and he is, you know, saying all this stuff that sounds like he's supposed to be inspiring, but the kid is like clearly not enjoying it. Never a smile yeah. or anything. <laughs> The most engaged we see Einan is that at some point there's like some peasant revolt and Einan's dad gets killed and Einan's basically like thrilled about this and is yes. like, get, like, hurry up and die already or something like that. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. 
he's trying to take the crown off his head while he's laying there unconscious, and he wakes up, and then he the Einan's just like, die, die, it's mine. <laughs> Which also like raises the possibility, like if Einan instead had been like, oh, dad, let me bring you back to the castle, like maybe he would have been fine. Yeah. Maybe? I don't really understand. That whole attack scene was weird. Like they're attacking him, but it just sounded like they were fake beating on him and then just left him. I was like, hold on. Right. The, you, the fight's out there. I was like, hold on. You have the king here. Like, what? You're not going to make sure he's dead? The king also just, like, rides into this, like, rides into the village, and it's sort of unclear why he's, like, over there in the first place. It's very odd. No, I don't. He, he's taking, like, a thrill out of burning their houses and stuff. Yeah. A king wouldn't be in the battle anyway, would he? He could have been. I mean, he could have been at least, like, ostensibly leading the troops, which means he should be, like, near the troops, at least. Yeah. I mean, which also might mean he's <laughs> yeah. kind of, like, in the back, but, like, there certainly were kings who, like, actually fought. Yeah. Oh, okay. With their crown on, on top of that their That is so <laughs> weird. What is the deal with that crown? <laughs> what is it made out of? Yeah, no, it's bizarre that it is. He just, like, kind of, like, has, like, his regular crown on top of his helmet. Like, they probably would wear something that they would be, like, recognizable. Like, they have, like, like this is, like, yeah. the king's fancy armor. And do you, like, know that's the king's armor? Yeah. Like, it would be considered bad form to hide too much. But it's still, like, it's very odd that it's just, like, his regular <laughs> crown. <laughs> I mean, what if he's knocked off his horse and his, and his crown went flying? <laughs> right. Like, how is the crown staying on? Like, does it, like, have, like, little, like, prongs at the bottom that it, like, fits into the armor? I would love to see that. <laughs> <laughs> While Ayman is standing there, like, ripping the crown from his father's, like, not-quite-cold-dead hands, a peasant woman shows up and uh, shoots him with an arrow and wounds him. And he is bleeding with blood that looks so much like fruit punch. Yes! <laughs> Right. That's exactly what I thought. I was like, that's not blood. <laughs> There's no way. Which is the beginning of like the budget for this movie it looks like it was like seventeen dollars. Yeah. It's it, it's so bad. It's hilarious. I I can't believe like all the big names that are, are attached to it and like how it's low terrible. budget and nonsensical a lot of the, like set pieces and stuff and their clothes I made very yeah. little sense to me <laughs> no it is from 1996 True. Though. yeah i mean <laughs> that's yeah that fair. definitely explains <laughs> part of it yeah <laughs> yeah but it's also even just like the props so like his mother is being kind of vaguely identified as being like a witch or an adherent of the old ways or whatever they're kind of using mm -hmm. to describe it and the way that this is indicated is that she has this, like, collection of dragon figurines, which look like <laughs> things that are, like, purchased out of, like, a touristy shop, like, a, like, faux Asian touristy shop <laughs> on Canal Street in New York. Yes. Yes. <laughs> there's, there's a shop in the mall near me that <laughs> it's, like, this fake Chinese shop. They have kimonos and stuff that aren't even from China and dragons that look just like those ones that were in the movie. <laughs> exactly like them. <laughs> Made out of plastic. Yeah, and it's like, you couldn't have done a little better. Yeah. She had, like, a potion bottle, and, I, and when I first, when we first watched it again, 
and she was looking at the potion. It looked like she was looking at that. And I was like, what? I don't remember there being like a super potion involved. It's like, oh no, it's yeah. the, the golden figurines. <laughs> oh, those are meaningful, I guess. <laughs> they don't even explain how she knows about the dragons or anything. Like they don't have any connection besides from her taking them to the cave. No, yeah, she says all. like she's from the old ways, like Celts or something. And they right. respected them, and that's about all we get. Yeah, and there's this weird half-hearted effort, which I'll talk about later. It sort of presents the country as being in this, like, moment of, I guess, like, very recent Christianization or, like, in the transition to Christianization, I guess. But also, nobody's really very Christian, including the monk. Yeah, I don't... No. <laughs> it doesn't really make any sense. I... I put it like one of my notes was like is this Christ looks Christianity around like what what's the attitude towards her and dragons like what's going on here yeah no it's bizarre (laughs) and uh, yeah and I'll talk about that a little bit especially because this movie for a movie that seems to be set in no time at all makes the bizarre the bizarre choice that it actually very precisely locates us in time that it says it's like 984 AD yeah, I saw on that. A title card at some point. <laughs> yeah, I, I meant to look that up to be like what was around back then, but I didn't get around to it. <laughs> well, I'll chat about that some in a later section. Uh... <laughs> Perfect. So they go to see the dragon. Another evidence of their very low special effects budget is that given that it's in the 90s, I don't care that it's not good CGI. What I find hysterical is that most of the time they don't even do CGI. They just creatively avoid showing the dragon. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> like you hear his voice and like you see a shadow, but like you don't see the actual dragon because that costs money. Yeah. yeah. I can't imagine what it would have cost back then too, especially. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just, like, very funny, all of these scenes, where it's just, like, very obviously, it's, like, we don't want to show the dragon too much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but when they do show the dragon, it might be bad CGI, but his facial expressions are done very well. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. for the 90s, I actually don't think the CGI, when they're, when it's there, is that awful. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, that was pretty they, good. They tend to, like, avoid using it in some interesting ways. Yeah. <laughs> What do you guys think of the names that were in this? Like Brock. What's Brock about? Where's that come from? They're ridiculous. (laughs) Brock and Kara. (laughs) Bowen. Brock just sounds like some kind of frat boy. Yes. Which is his overall vibe. (laughs) He's. To be fair, he's a slightly overgrown American frat boy. Yeah. I think he played a lot of villains, like, in the 90s, too. Yeah. I envision him as, like, villains and dads. <laughs> I, I, I am having a very hard time imagining him as a father. I'm sure he's a fine one. Right. <laughs> he's in The Parent Trap with Lindsay Lohan. Really? He's yeah. a dad? Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. I'm pretty no, sure you're talking about Bowen. Okay. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. I was talking about Brock, like the big dude that's like a bad guy oh, from the start. Oh, yeah, sorry, that guy. I forgot about him. Yeah. No, Dennis Quaid definitely <laughs> plays a dad well. Yes. 
But yeah, but I feel like he also did like smarmy roles. Yeah, Brock, I'm not sure if I've seen him in anything. I know I've seen him and stuff. I can't remember if he was one of the guys that played an alien in like the X-Files or another guy that looks just like him. But I know I've seen him before, but he's one of those actors that's kind of pops up in these small roles every now and then. Yeah. But yeah. And like Einan as a name is like nothing. <laughs> yeah. They just, they just, everyone on, in the staff, in the staff, what is the word? The crew, you know, threw a name into the hat <laughs> and then they just kind of ruffled around in there. And picked him out. All right, Kara. Who put Kara in here? Who put Brock in here? This isn't, what is it, Pokemon? There's a Brock. (laughs) Immediately who I thought of, but he's nothing like him. (laughs) Right, no, they were just, like, such weird choices. And, like, such a, like, weird combination of, like, very fantasy names and then very, like, just weird, like, modern, but, like, not that common kind of name. It was, like, just an odd choice. Yeah. Yeah, it was... There's a lot of odd choices. Yeah. Yes. So the dragon's initially not willing to help because basically Ainan's father sucked and he assumes that Ainan also sucks. Basically, Bowen and Iceland like, insist, like, no, he's not terrible like his father, which, I again, I don't know why they have that impression. Yeah. <laughs> they definitely didn't no, give I... us any indication that he could possibly be a good person. No. No. There's never once where he's a good no. person. <laughs> Like, he's at best a mediocre person. <laughs> that was my first impression of him. I was like, he's just getting his ass kicked. <laughs> right. So he's, not, he's not even, his heart isn't even in it. He's just, he does get embarrassed at one point and clearly has, like, a look of evil in his eyes. But other than that. <laughs> yeah. The dragon eventually agrees to help him, but only if he swears an oath to, I guess, not suck, basically. Which he breaks in, like, two minutes. Yes! What is right. the deal with that oath? Is it, I, I was like, is this a binding oath? No, it's not. Apparently, it doesn't matter. What even, what was the oath even for? It was like a pink oath. Right. <laughs> it doesn't mean anything. I mean, the one thing I will say is that, like, it certainly is, like, a culture where, like, many people respected oaths and took them seriously, but, like, not him, apparently, so. Yeah. <laughs> oh, of course not. Yeah, he very quickly orders the rebuilding of the, quote, Roman fortress, which I will discuss later, because that's the least (laughs) Roman shit I've ever seen. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) The father that uh, Dennis Quaid saved, that was going to work on the fortress, or he did work on it. And somehow he survived 12 years doing that kind of like back breaking work. It's like, Right. What are you what are you like... drinking? <laughs> right. <laughs> I'll take some of that. You're like like the peasants are surprisingly like hearty and unmalnourished. Yeah. <laughs> Given that he's clearly like right. horribly exploiting them. And he's also like very sadistic about it. Like I think very quickly already he like mm-hmm. I can't I not like didn't write down exactly what it was, but he like I don't know, put somebody's eye out or something for no good reason. Yes. Yeah. They were were they the ones that, like, yeah. led the rebellion? I guess. I think. It was Kara's yeah. father. Yeah, one of them was Kara's father. Yeah. He was the one that got yes. blinded because death is a release, not right. a punishment. <laughs> yeah. He wants you right. to survive <laughs> and <Fair>. suffer. <laughs> Bowen, 
once again, based on nothing, assumes that he's only evil now because the dragon's heart has corrupted him and goes off to kill dragons for fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I remember that as a kid. That was one of the things that, like, immediately I was on the dragon side. I was like, Bowen is an asshole. Like, you don't... Why are you going to kill the dragons? It's not their fault. Right. <laughs> to be fair, you'd be on any animal <laughs> side. No matter what. <laughs> well, you know... Humans, you know... <laughs> they My they could be... They... also that animals are better than people. Yes. <laughs> Usually. Because animals generally aren't, like, sadistic or anything, you know? Right. Yeah, so he's just, like, terrible at, like, murdering a bunch of dragons for no good reason. Mm -hmm. And we basically skip forward to, like, he has killed, like, he has exterminated the race. He has committed dragon genocide. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's no big deal. He's our hero. <laughs> He's like the dragon is so wise and like chill with him. And I remember him like I was not chill with him. <laughs> right? But he goes pretty quick from like you are terrible to like let's be friends now even though you've mm-hmm. exterminated my species. Yeah. <laughs> right. Cool. <laughs> So he kills this dragon and then gains his adherent, the monk brother Gilbert, who has a donkey named Merlin, because he really likes King Arthur. <laughs> also has this, like, scallop shell, which I'll talk about the significance of that as a symbol and how it fits very awkwardly here. But otherwise, this, like, this guy is a monk, but he only seems to be interested in, like, King Arthur. Yeah. He really likes stories and heroes. It's like, yeah. there's, no, there's nothing about him that's, that says religion. No. That he kind of identifies himself as a monk, and he's called Brother Gilbert, but he never says anything about, like, the church or Christianity or Jesus. No. Like, he's just yeah. pretending. <laughs> yeah. He's like a weep. He's just really, really into <laughs> the monk lifestyle. Right. <laughs> Except not the part of it that involves, like, staying in your monastery. Like, like basically, like, monks are the original, like, stay the fuck home. Especially <laughs> in this period. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just, like, wandering around. He's like, nah, I'm gonna do my own thing. Yeah. And he, he turns into a big uh, Bowen yeah, fan. Yeah, like, real fast. Yeah. He's like, oh, I'm yeah. gonna about you. Yeah, he meets him and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah following him around, writing stories about him. (laughs) (laughs) When he's, like, singing a song and then goes, like, I can't remember. I can't... Oh, that was good. Oh, I can't remember. What did I say? What did I say? I was like, oh, I'm familiar (laughs) with that feeling. (laughs) (laughs) And I will say... He is by far the best acting. Like, that is by far the best acting in this movie, is that, like, Pete Postlethwaite, it's, like, a solid bumbling, comed- like, bumbling comedic role, and, like, he does a perfectly good job with what he is given. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's fun to watch. Yeah. He's the only person I think I can say that of. I was entertained by the terribleness. Yeah. <laughs> Or, well, actually, I will say, Jason Isaacs is being, like, very campy. And, uh, you know, he's he's doing just fine. <laughs> as, like, yeah. campy sidekick villain. Yeah. And that voice, he definitely did a voice for it. Because he sounded a lot different yeah. than his other roles. 
it's a weird like it seems like it seemed like they were sort of like half-heartedly trying to queer code him (laughs) oh really i didn't even think of that yeah that his voice is like kind of like a little higher and he has this almost like sort Mm -hmm. of like mincing quality in a couple of the scenes so i think that's sort of what they were going for is the like gay coded villain thing that you know disney and everybody Um, else does all the time cool nice (laughs) great great job great (laughs) (laughs) good job guys So, and he comes in because Bowen tries to basically, like, sell the dragon corpse to him or, like, get him to pay him for having killed the dragon. And then ends up when he's basically like, oh, next thing, you'll, like, tax the roads. And apparently then just to, like, accidentally invent the concept of a toll road. Right? <laughs> like, great. It's... Okay. So the, the toll road was invented <laughs> by Dennis Quaid. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Einan uh, murders Kara's father at this point for no real reason other than the fact that he didn't murder him before, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I guess he'd suffered a long life. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's like, well, I guess you're finally ready for the release of death. Right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh, and that Brock is a falconer now. Right. Brock is the falconer. I was a little jealous. Then we also have the, like, he takes, Aynan, like, takes Kara to the castle for the uncomfortable, like, let's, like, have a woman basically be put under the threat of rape to show that this guy is sad. Right. (sighs) So. God. (laughs) Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, that was, especially in the 90s, I feel like the threat of rape was just kind of casually thrown around in movies and shows. Yeah, it's yeah. like a humorous part of movies in a lot of them. Like, they they mm-hmm. played it out to be funny in some movies. Not in this one, but it was very, in this one it was very brief to do anything with it, but... Yeah. Mm-hmm. And in this one it's not funny, but it also is just completely gratuitous. Like, it's just an extra way of showing that, like, this guy is bad. Yeah, there's no reason for it. There's no plot point to it. Right. Because, I mean, because she ends up, like, he. they kind of talk for a little while, and he kind of threatens her, and then he's like, maybe I'll make you my queen. And it's like, what? why would that, why does anything about that make any sense? And why would she (laughs) believe him? And then she escapes. (laughs) Well, because well, she's it, the only it really woman doesn't... in there that's the same age. That's she's right. a romantic interest <laughs> or whatever. Right. Yeah. Because I, she's yeah. a woman who's not his mother. Well, and he, you know, it was like the second he noticed her, like, long flowing locks. And that was another thing <laughs> at the beginning. She was like, bucket, bucket helmet girl. And right. she, she kills, you know, kills him, basically. And... When she does, she takes off her helmet and her hair just goes in this nice, beautiful way. I was like, why did you even take off your helmet right now? It was like, here's your hair adding to your stress. <laughs> she just wants to take and off somehow the it turned him on. So she can watch him die. <laughs> She's getting really worried about hat hair. I mean, it's hard with curls. Yeah. That's her main concern in the middle of this battle is hat hair. I think so, right. yeah. Well, I just killed the... The king is dead, and I just killed the next king, so I guess it's time to relax. Yeah, great. <laughs> time cool. to make a L'Oreal commercial. <laughs> <laughs> I have to let my hair out to invent socialist democracy now, which is my goal. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Bowen then goes to battle another dragon, and this fight ends in a stalemate where basically he's trapped in the dragon's mouth such that he could stab the dragon but then in the head, but then the dragon would, you know, have his teeth clamped down on him and kill him, or vice versa, essentially. So he's kind of stuck there. It was a weirdly sexual. Oh yeah. my gosh, he's sitting. Because he's, so he's on his tongue. Oh, I wrote something down, like a a quote, <laughs> specific quote from it, because it's just like, how are you, who wrote this, like, that thought, yeah, can you get your buttocks off my tongue? I was just like, <laughs> if you took away the picture of that, and then you put it, that quote, in on another video, it would be at home there. <laughs> And that begins the, like, very awkward tone of this movie where there is so much sexual tension with the dragon and Bowen and eventually also Kara. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, what were you going with here? Like, what was the goal? (laughs) I, yeah, (laughs) it was very confusing. I think it was supposed to show an emotional connection. I guess it comes across pretty sexual though. <laughs> yeah, and I guess it's supposed to be just bonding, but it, like it seems so flirtatious. Yeah, they took it in the wrong way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, yeah, it's just it's, like very <laughs> awkward that this movie is like totally implying that there's going to be this like dragon human thruple that's going to like happen at the end. And... <laughs> some fan fiction is written somewhere (laughs) oh i'm sure (laughs) clearly it's gotta be right (laughs) he is uh, chatting with the dragon while they're doing all this he clearly doesn't realize that it's the same dragon as before because he's the only person in the world who doesn't recognize john connery's very distinctive voice (laughs) right and Gilbert's, like, narrating the whole battle as it's happening and trying to make it sound, like, more impressive than it is. Yeah. yeah. He just really wants to be a bard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you got goals, my friend. I'm glad you got goals. <laughs> oh, he's like, um, Gabrielle and Xena, the warrior princess. I just want to write stories. Yeah, Let me follow you well and write stories about it. Yeah, exactly. He just wants to write stories. Maybe he wants to be part of the throuple. I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he wants to be the groupie that follows them around and writes the book about them. Right, yeah. So he's, like, trying to do that. <laughs> it turns out that this is the last dragon, and uh, basically as they're going through this whole thing, they end up coming to an agreement that to benefit them both, Bowen will... I guess, repeatedly pretend to kill him in order to make money. Yeah, so the dragon keeps his life and Bowen makes money. That was a really weird decision to me. It really was. I was like, I feel like I I walked out of the room or something, but I didn't. (laughs) I was there the whole time. Like, it just doesn't make sense based on either of them and their personalities and their feelings about one another. It doesn't make sense as a decision that either of them would be willing to make. No. I agree. It was confusing. It's like, okay, I guess let's keep this story moving. Right. Okay. Like, sure. All right. I just like, I don't know. It would make more sense if like Bowen was less ideological about dragons or if he like more quickly was like, oh, I've been mistaken. 
I, I don't know. But given mm -hmm. how things go, it's basically just like they sort of agree to this, but it's like, why would either of them trust each other? Yeah, exactly. Out of character for characters that don't really have personalities anyway. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's like we know one thing about each of this each of these characters, and it makes this one other thing make zero sense. Right. <laughs> Just like the rest of the movie. Yeah. They fake this dragon slaying, which they do not do a good job. And I'm not sure to what extent that's, like, the movie doing a bad job and to what extent it's, like, supposed to be, but, like, look bad. It's hard to tell, yeah. I feel like they tried to make it really simple for kids to understand. Like, it's a weird mix right. of a serious movie and a children's comedy. Yes, like, the tone just veers wildly back and right. forth. It's really odd. And uh, then also part of that is that this starts this like weird beginning of like, let's have discussions about like ethics under capitalism. Because the dragon starts yeah. talking, he's like, oh, you know, so like when you squeeze the nobility, it's actually the peasants who feel the pinch. And so it's like, oh, okay, are you just explaining <laughs> economics? Is that what you're here for? <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently... He's a really dumb knight who doesn't understand how things work, which is crazy because as a knight, he definitely would. Right. But yeah, but I will say like the dragon who's like kind of like wants to die and also he's like real anti-capitalist. I feel like he's like a real like proto-millennial. <laughs> like it's uh, maybe he was like very influential on like 90s kids. Yeah. <laughs> the very first one was the very first one. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense to me. Yeah. Ainan's a dick to his mom, who then frees Kara and says something to him like, I don't want you to have to suffer my fate, by which I guess she means being married to terrible men or something. Either that I, or I else she was kidnapped and forced to be the queen, too. Yeah. Maybe That's like, how I all took we it. know about her husband is that he also sucked, so. Yeah, and when he died, she possible. gave zero shits. <laughs> Yeah. Right. She was like, cool. He was a... Yeah. Yeah. And, Thank God. You know, Julie Christie does have a very good, like, I'm very disappointed in you face. Uh, you know, she's also somebody who, like, her acting is perfectly adequate, at least. Right. I feel like mm -hmm. the disappointed face is yeah. the face that she has throughout the whole movie, though. Yep. True. <laughs> But, like, that's probably what they told her to do. Like, they were essentially basically, like, look, like, depressed about your She only has life. one face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Bowen, uh, then at this point, uh, finally names the dragon so he can stop calling him dragon. And then calls him Draco, which means dragon in the scholar's speech. Yeah. The dragon, like, makes a comment about that. But then we go with it. That's a nice way to get around. <laughs> and now we know where Lucius Malfoy got the name for his son. Yes! <laughs> Mary has never read Harry Potter. She doesn't know what's going on. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I knew that I recognize those names. <laughs> and I think they're both bad guys. That's really yeah, where so like, my knowledge Lucas ends. Lucas <laughs> like the dad's bad guy. And Draco is his dick son. <laughs> so they'll like Ainan and whatever his dad's name is. Yeah. So kind of like these guys, really. <laughs> Kara goes back to her village, who are just terrible, apparently. Like, immediately, like, Bowen shows up and he's like, oh, there's a dragon. And they're like, cool, let me offer this, like, woman as a maiden sacrifice to the dragon. Right. Yeah. 
I was kind of confused because of the way that they acted, like, and how many, it seemed like they just kept going back to the right. same village, and, because they were like, this is my village. I was like, what? Like, how, right. are you from That's everywhere? Normal. What's going on? Draco, I guess, collects her, but then they make friends, and again, there is so much dragon flirtation in this right. scene, like, and she's, like, giggling. It's, like, it's just so weird. It is very weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was, my dad, um, this last time I watched it today, my dad watched part of it with me. And I was like, there are so many, the sexual points is like, you could tell he was just trying to <laughs> pretend that he didn't think of it that way. And then finally I was like, that when they're in Camelon, they're in those, those pillars. I was like, those, yeah. those look like dicks. <laughs> And he was like, yep, that's exactly my first thought. The circle of pillar dicks. Yeah. When I was in I was in Ireland with my parents a few years ago and saw this thing and like definitely immediately made a joke about how like, oh, that's definitely a like, you know, fifth century BCE dildo. And uh, my mother was like, that's very inappropriate. I'm sure it's an important ritual object. And then I read the sign and I'm like, yeah, it's an important, explicitly phallic ritual object. So I'm not wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Bowen's about to like folk kill the dragon. And then Aynan shows up and uh, confronts him. And of course does the villain thing where he's like, I am going to get off my horse to fight you myself because I want to fight you. And of course I have to do it and I can't like give it to an underling. I have to do it myself. And then also literally confesses, oh no, I've always Mm. been evil. Yeah. (laughs) Explaining how he hated all of the stuff that Bowen taught him when he was a child. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I just told you what you wanted to hear. Like... (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And I don't. I don't no. think Ainan's ever so. loved anyone. I mean, it's very much this like classic, like dumb thing that villains do. Is that like they is that like they basically like have this confession thing where they're like, no, I'm gonna like tell you all about who I really am and like make sure that you don't you know have any like misapprehensions about me and my level of evilness. Right. I want you to know how much of an asshole I am before I kill you. Yeah, makes a lot right. of sense. <laughs> He also is actually pretty solid at fighting, and I don't buy that either. Yeah, he's he doesn't. Uh, yeah, he's not no. coded as a warrior, so to speak. Right. I mean, he at was any point. Like, I mean, it was also like he just like was very mediocre when Bowen was training him, and also didn't really seem to care. And then it's like, wait, but like, and who even trained him after that? Because Bowen left. Mm-hmm. Right. And nobody else seems to be that good. It's got to be Brock. Like, Brock seems like a person who's, like, (laughs) drawn over skill. It is a weird kingdom. Absolutely. Right. (laughs) And his his falcon. Yeah, so it's just this, like, odd, like, okay, apparently you're, like, great at fighting now because that's what the plot requires. Well, that's most action movies, like. True. (laughs) Yeah. This, yeah, this whole movie is like that. And now the dragon and Bowen are best friends, even though Bowen uh-huh. like committed genocide on his whole race. Totally chill. Have them think Whatever. like this, even though it makes no sense. Right. And like Bowen's really concerned because I guess like he wounds Ainan and that hurts the dragon. Yeah. 
Yeah. I so I'm kind of kind of confused by that. Like it doesn't seem like it happens like that like at the end. Like he gets hurt and killed and like nothing even happens to the dragon at all. But then he comes back like it doesn't really kill him. So it's like I don't get it. Is he absorbing the pain? And if he is, why right. isn't he showing it anymore? The the dragon Draco explains that at one point. He says that he's the main part of it. So for Ainen to die, you have to kill the dragon. And when Ainen gets stabbed, it like hurts mm-hmm. the dragon, but it doesn't kill the dragon. It just like very briefly disables him. Right. Yeah. Which is like a weird setup. The whole thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't. <laughs> Somewhere, somewhere deep inside this story is a good story. <laughs> yes. I think there could have been a good version of this movie. I, I don't think we got it, but I think there could have been a good version of this movie. Yeah, I agree. Well, and maybe it got better because there's like six of those. Oh, movies. like sequels to this? Oh, God, really? There, oh, there's God. more. There's more Dragonheart movies. And there's like five or six. And I don't, I've never seen any of the other ones. So I don't know if it's gotten better or <laughs> if it was worse. I kind of right. want to watch them now. <laughs> They're all on Netflix. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> did they keep Sean Connery or do they lose him at some point? I think it's different people. I, I don't know. I don't think it's the same dragon either. Like Oh, right. True. It wouldn't be. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Good point. He does die. Yeah. <laughs> kind of forgot briefly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I cried when he died. I know it was that was yeah. genuinely sad. It was. Yeah. I was like, "Oh, you're the only good thing here." <laughs> you know, he's like very, he's like very charming. Like I, you know, I get why they're both like, why Kara and Bowen are both like on board with his <laughs> Yeah. Dragon, Dragon's got a good personality. Yeah charismatic (laughs) they go to this village of like creepy people who immediately give the vibe of like we have definitely eaten people before yeah Yeah. Kara tries to out them as scam artists and of course they don't believe her because nobody believes women in any century (laughs) and yeah (laughs) but then I guess he like shoots down the dragon and they try to eat it and he has to stop them They attack and Bowen has to, like, rescue Kara and Gilbert, who's popped up again, and they all have to, like, run away so these people don't, like, literally eat them. It was kind of like watching something out of Monty Python, because they literally start yelling, meat, meat, meat. (laughs) (laughs) What is happening? (laughs) That's definitely the vibe, yeah. It's very Monty Python-esque, but, like, less good. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So they end up going to Avalon, the birthplace of King Arthur, or the, uh, sorry, the burial place of King Arthur, where Draco uh, confesses that who he is. He explains how dragon religion works. Apparently there's like dragon heaven and hell and <laughs> yeah. like a dragon god, I guess. Yeah, I was, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> like so you have to do something like crazy good and then you can be a star otherwise you just you're done literally you're gone forever (laughs) and that's that's part of what motivated him to like help the kid Ainen like come back to life because he was he thought he could save him 
and also save like the the land basically and all those people. It's like hold on a sec. I feel like he moved pretty fast from that to something else and I was just like, You just admitted like to having ulterior motives. <laughs> right. And also I guess that's like why he's working with Bowen in the first place, but like I'm not sure that the dragon god is going to be on board with him teaming up with the guy who exterminated all the dragons. Well, apparently it worked. Good point. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, apparently, <laughs> but it's like, but, but why though? Gods are fickle, I guess. <laughs> right. Bowen ends up having this vision of King Arthur, and then based on this vision, he, I guess, completely changes his mind about everything and decides that he is going to lead a rebellion yeah. against Ainan. That's all it takes. Inside circle yep. of dicks. <laughs> yep. Inside the circle of dicks. The circle of yeah. dicks. That's for sure. They go out, they go and like find the villagers and after some like super half-hearted speech and like Bowen sort of like waving from the background, convince all of them to rebel <laughs> against Ainan because I guess that's all it takes. Yeah, because the dragon showed up and I, and I got flashbacks to Game of Thrones. I was like, oh, just because you have a dragon right. does not mean you're going to win. <laughs> that dragon can die. Dragons do not guarantee victory. Yeah. Yeah. They teach everybody how to fight, like, surprisingly well, given that it seems it to be, like, an hour. Right. It's just a couple hours. Goes by pretty fast for a battle. Yeah, then, like, it goes super fast for our, like, pitched battle of our, like, ground up like communist rebellion against the monarchy (laughs) (laughs) apparently they didn't have well i guess they had lords it was just like four of them or something right i mean well there's there's bowen and uh, was there somebody else who was like in supposed to be like upper class i can't remember um jason isaac's character and brock i think I think both were mentioned as, like, being, like, higher in the social strata. Right. But they're fighting against them, so. Yeah. Oh, sorry. That's, I'm sorry. That's what I meant. (laughs) I thought we were talking about. (laughs) Right, yeah. And so just in general, but it's, like, so we basically, like, have all these peasants who just, like, with essentially this, like, one dude who's a knight decide, like, we are going to uprise against the entire royalty and nobility. (laughs) Yep. That's how it works. One white man to save the day. (laughs) Thank God for white men. Yeah. (laughs) Did you guys think of Braveheart at all when you were watching this? Yeah. Yeah, it definitely had, like, very similar, like, that vibe. At times, I was like, oh, maybe this is just a parody of that movie, but it only came out a year before. Braveheart was 95. So, considering how long movies take to be made, they were probably just bad timing. (laughs) I will say by the end of this, I would not have minded if Dennis Quaid came to a similar end to uh, Mel Gibson and Braveheart, I'm just going to (laughs) say. Yeah, I think that would have been okay. (laughs) His character is never never a big fan of. No. Well, if you think about like he doesn't I guess maybe that's his redemption was like saving the kingdom but right I just feel like he should have sacrificed himself right like why does the dragon have to be the one to sacrifice himself yeah so this pitched battle in the woods 
brother Gilbert at some point wounds Einan and then the dragon, I guess, is like, again, sort of temporarily injured by this and falls and is then captured. Yeah, surprisingly, Mm -hmm. brother Gilbert is an amazing shot with an arrow. (laughs) Right? After his hour of training. (laughs) <laughs> his first shot his first yep. shot was right in the the <laughs> head of that prop right like why why are you good at this this makes no sense no not at all <laughs> it's just natural god guided his arrow oh my god god slash king arthur <laughs> yeah <laughs> can't forget the other white guy right <laughs> yeah the white guys are not appearing in this film. <laughs> <laughs> so the dragon gets captured and Iceland goes to kill her son, whom she describes as a creature not worth saving, which is like real like if your mom says yeah. that, like, oof. Yeah. Yep. You've really messed she up. She <laughs> took a turn with him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And Aiden kills her because of course he does. Mm-hmm. Well, because she she brought those dragon slayers, right. and she was like, "Look, son, I love you so much. I brought these for you." It's like she's still hoping the dragon gets killed so he can <laughs> die. It's like, so you're trying to assassinate your son on the DL. Yeah, <laughs> right. Also, the dragon slayers are like costume-wise coded as kind of like Asian, but also are <laughs> definitely all white men. Yeah, it was weird. They were all speaking these, like, weird, different languages. Yeah. It's, like, which I'm pretty sure are, like, not real languages that anyone is speaking. It's awkward. The subtitles Mm -hmm. just said speaking a different language. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, okay, great. Cool. But, yeah. Yeah, their helmets... They also looked like they yeah. were just pretending to be dragon slayers. They looked like they were in costume. Like, their costumes yeah. looked like they were in costume. <laughs> I kind of wonder, and I didn't look them up, but I kind of wonder if they're not, like, actual actors, but, like, they decided really last minute, like, fuck, we want to bring in these dragon slayers into the movie and, like, literally pulled people off the street and, like, said, like, just wear this and stand there. <laughs> maybe yeah just yell some gibberish right yeah because like it's not like yeah it's like nothing about them either adds anything really or like makes sense no Mm -mm. yeah no they don't really serve a purpose in the story except basically to get the mom killed right yeah and like she could have just tried to kill the dragon herself because like because like that's what she does too like it's not even like she like takes a spear from one of them yeah she doesn't even Mm -hmm. let them do their supposed job (laughs) right like they do not need to be at this movie (laughs) (laughs) so the battle rages on we see Kara I was really hopeful that she was about to kill Felton but then they have to like have a man come in and save her because of course they do yes almost every time she's because she has to have someone save her or something right and it's very frustrating that like they're half-heartedly trying to have her be this like rah rah like it's like a woman and she's fighting but also she always needs a man to rescue her Mm -hmm. right she can never get it right yeah (laughs) yeah 
and it just feels very much like they're like trying to like have their cake and eat it too with like no look we have a strong female character but also she will be damseled every five seconds (laughs) yeah Draco explains to Bowen finally that he has to kill him in order to defeat Ainan. Bowen doesn't want to because they're friends and then basically like does so finally out of desperation and Ainan dies. And this apparently is sufficient for Draco to get to go to dragon heaven and become a star. And we, I guess, then end the monarchy in England in the 10th century. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pretty much sums everything up. Sounds right to me. (laughs) (laughs) He just kind of disappears into glowing smoke and then turns into stars, which I I don't understand how that's supposed to happen. (laughs) Right. And I guess they also kind of stole that from, like, the Lion King. Yes. That's what it reminded me of. Okay, I didn't even think about that. I knew it reminded me of something. Yeah, that just occurred to me, that it's the same as the Lion King. (laughs) Wow. Mustafa! (laughs) And also now, the entire species, based on what we know in this movie, the entire species is extinct. Yes. So if the sequels... Yeah, I don't know how they have sequels. Yeah, I know. That's what I was just thinking. Like, was there a secret dragon egg hidden somewhere that they (laughs) adopted and hatched? (laughs) Right. Do dragons need another dragon to reproduce? I don't know. But I mean, if there's already a fertilized egg hidden somewhere. Right. And I believe the previous dragon that Bowen killed was referred to as she. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. The scarred one. It's like, it's good. I like that name. Yeah. The scarred one. <laughs> I was like, I was weirdly into scars growing up. I think, I think it's Final Fantasy VIII's fault. <laughs> I don't know if either of you ever played that, but... (laughs) I have not. Yeah, I have not either. But but yeah, but assuming that, like, I don't know, dragons have some kind of, like, heterosexual reproduction system, I guess, like, it stands to reason that they could have, like, gotten a fertilized egg going before they were both killed. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I I really want to watch the sequels now because I want to see how... How that right. plays out. I know. <laughs> no, I'm curious. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> at this point in the next section, the Vera et Falso, I talk about essentially what this movie got right and what it got wrong. To some extent, it's clearly fantasy and it's like, you know, the dragon times and it's not real and they can do whatever they want. But they also make some like truly bizarre choices at like gestures at historical reality that almost for the like none of them work i think actually maybe actually none of them work so it's (laughs) it's odd and the first of that is like this choice that i mentioned earlier that they set it very precisely in time that they're like oh this is the year 984 a.d like just so everyone is aware of exactly what year it is yeah like anyone's gonna recognize that for anything right unless you're a medieval historian in which case like yeah, I mean, you like, I, I, you know, I'm going to like mention like some things that are actually going on in 984 AD. I did not know them all offhand, but like, I at the very least like knew vaguely like 
okay, like there are real things that are happening in like late 10th century England, which are like not consonant with what's happening in this movie. There's like a real person who would have been king during this moment. Athelred II, the unready, uh, which actually means poorly advised in Old English. And they had some like real non-dragon related problems. In particular, uh, this was a moment where uh, various kind of Scandinavian raids picked up uh, and uh, England is, uh, or the English are like pretty substantially militarily defeated by the Danes and end up having to pay tribute to them. So they've got, like, actual problems, which are not in this movie. (laughs) No. Nope. Not one. (laughs) They also, like, did not overthrow the monarchy. And then, like, I also, my mind immediately went to, like, okay, so is the implication based on this movie that, like, the Norman conquest in 1066 is also, like, the conquest of this, like, social, like, anarcho-socialist commune that then gets, like, brought (laughs) under a Norman monarchy? (laughs) Like, that's definitely what I'm, like, thinking as I'm watching this. Uh, I'll, I acknowledge most people aren't, but I was. And then there's also this, like, awkward place of Christianity that it, like, is kind of, like, referring to, like, the old ways or the old religion. And it implies that we're in this, like, pre-Christian period. But in reality, what is now England had been, like, very thoroughly Christianized by basically the end of the 7th century. And uh, this is, like, yeah. a few hundred years later. And so it doesn't really make a lot of sense. Yeah. So his mom would be, like, burned for being a witch or something, or stuck in a tower somewhere, basically. Or, like, I mean, so, so like, witch, witch persecution is actually an early modern phenomenon rather than a medieval one is uh, my, my big thing that I actually talk about oh. on this podcast. Okay. But, <laughs> but she certainly couldn't have gotten away with being, like, a pagan like she would have had to like for appearances sake mm. been like publicly christian at least and like this is even late enough yeah. that like yeah. there's not a lot of like secret pagans hiding around in england i don't think cool well it's very obvious that the people who wrote this did not seek any kind of outside <laughs> help on <laughs> oh no on the time period yeah. Oh, no, like they did not do anything. There's also like, so so there's this castle at the beginning that, uh, so my immediate like look at this castle is that I'm like laughing at this castle because it's like, oh, okay, so we have like a 12th century castle that's already in ruins in the 10th century, which is like a thing <laughs> that you see kind of a lot in medieval films that you have like ruined castles that are clearly medieval castles. And it's like, how'd they get ruined already? By a dragon. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> dragon stomped on them (laughs) and this particular one so they like get around that by like describing it as a roman fortress this is the least roman shit i've ever seen like it looks like a norman castle yeah Yeah, none of that has any kind of roman architecture to it at all no Like, it looks very specifically, actually, from what you can see of it, like, it totally looks like the castles built by the Normans who come into England 80 years after this movie. <laughs> One thing that I will say they did technically get right is they were Draco, the <laughs> dragon in Latin. So, good, good job. Um, Congratulations. <laughs> yep. Describing it as the scholar's speech is something of an oversimplification because it's not only intellectual culture, but also it's like the language of law and administration and uh, the church. But, you know, it's a language that's like not his language that it is that is, in fact, 
the word for dragon. So, you know, we'll take what we can get. So is that the only <laughs> thing that got right? Uh, yeah. Pretty much. Um. <laughs> that does not surprise me. <laughs> the, like, one other thing I will say that, like, okay, so, all right, so Brother Gilbert, I have a lot of thoughts about. <laughs> He, first of all, he's this, like, very standard example in a lot of ways of what you see in medieval or medieval-inspired movies of, like, people who are supposed to be religious but, like, really aren't. So he's, like, a monk but seems to have zero Mm -hmm. interest in the church and, like, is way more into Arthur than Jesus. And by, like, ditching his monastery and wandering around, not to mention by, like, killing people, he's, like, breaking monastic vows and he also doesn't seem to care about that. Right. Yeah. The one thing that I will note is that there is an interesting touch that he is wearing a scallop shell. And this is the symbol of St. James and is typically associated with pilgrimage to his supposed burial place at Santiago de Compostela. And I will say the shell was typically given huh. to pilgrims as early as the ninth century. So, okay. <laughs> On the other hand, there you go. Yeah. On the other hand, there are not actually any English pilgrims recorded, at least, as having uh, made the journey to Santiago de Compostela, uh, which is in the western northwest of the Iberian Peninsula, until the 11th century. So, oh. well, that's what because he got found out. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> <laughs> he's like he's like he's about the same time as the Norman Castle. Like it's it all it all really works together. <laughs> So yeah, it uh, it also, there's like the bit where like Bowen like invents toll roads and they're like, oh my God, like you could charge taxes on the roads. We've never thought of that before. Like they, they thought of that before. Um, he did not invent toll roads. Like the Romans had toll roads. It's not a brand new thing. It's actually old. And then the other thing, finally, that I wanted to note that they couldn't even get this right because they made the choice to put it in the 10th century in particular is that they have this like big, this kind of like half-hearted, but still like kind of big interest in King Arthur. And the 10th century is arguably the low point of interest in King Arthur that he's mentioned in a couple of manuscripts yeah so like he if there were a historical Arthur which isn't definite like that would have been like the fifth sixth century and it's like enough after that that it's not like okay we like just had King Arthur and like we know about him which for a fantasy at least is like a legit choice but also Mm -hmm. like he's mentioned in a couple of manuscripts from around this time but nobody's really that interested in king arthur until like the 11th and really 12th century like a lot of the legends that we have about arthur really date from the 12th century okay oh that's interesting yeah so this like bizarre choice to set us like very precisely in the year 984 i feel like makes it honestly more confusing for me yeah (laughs) It was just a weird choice. Yeah. Like, why? That it like situates you very precisely in time. And then it's like, okay, so I know that everything is wrong. Thank you. Especially when <laughs> it's about it Made your job so easy. It's really factual anyway. So why have it set in a specific time? Right. Like most fantasy, it just like has it in like, it's kind of a pseudo medieval universe, but it doesn't have like a specific year or it's like a year that's clearly not like the calendar of like our universe or something. Right. 
and they just kind of go with that. And it's, mm-hmm. but it's this like weird choice to like, let me like pick this precise time and place to set it in, but not draw on that at all. You just like picked a year at random. Is it like really bad magic realism? Magical realism? <laughs> right. You know, it's a genre. Yeah, and like I've read definitely like magical realism that like has the like, I don't know, the like, you know, it's like the year like 1300 like butt dragons are real, but like it draws on real things that we actually know about 1300 or whatever the time is like in ways that are interesting. Mm-hmm. And this like, does yeah. not do that like the fact that this is the year that they chose does not like inform anything about the movie <laughs> nope <laughs> so it's really, yeah just it's very much like why have it at all if you're not if it's not there for anything yeah because general audiences wouldn't yeah. know anything about it to have it even mean anything to them so i right yeah, none of it makes sense <laughs> Yeah, so it, like, doesn't do anything useful no. to, like, contextualize anything. So uh, that was a choice. There are a lot of choices. That, that was a choice. <laughs> <laughs> I also then wanted to take a little time talking about some, like, fun facts that just, uh, that could have made it into this movie and didn't about dragons oh. for the Historia et Veritas section. Uh, so for the Historia at Veritas section, this is the segment where we talk about a real historical person, event, or phenomenon. And I wanted to talk about some of the realities of not dragons, obviously, but of how medieval people would have seen dragons or thought about dragons. Cool. The one thing I will say is that there is this kind of indication that dragons are not entirely positively thought of. And this does come from medieval sources, given that dragons are typically linked to the devil and seen as a, who is seen as being, of course, the like worst and greatest of serpents. Mm. That makes sense. Mm. There are, however, a lot of like fun facts about dragons in medieval bestiaries. These books that essentially talk about like animals and what they're like and uh, how they kind of are uh, models for people in various ways that uh, they have all these fun facts about dragons that I think it would have been cool if they had made it into this movie, and they did not. I actually just wanted to read a bit from a manuscript in the British Library about what it has to say about dragons. The dragon is the greatest of all serpents, or of all living things upon the earth. The Greeks call it dracon, whence the Latin name is derived, that it is called draco, draco. And... uh, This creature, often stealing forth from its caverns, mounts into the air, and the air is violently set in motion and glows around it. It is also crested and has a small mouth and narrow passages through which it draws its breath and thrusts out its tongue. Moreover, its strength lies not in its teeth but in its tail, and it injures by a blow rather than by a bite. It is harmless as to poisons, but they say poisons are not needful to this creature for dealing death. Because it ha- if it has caught anyone in its coils, it kills him. So they kind of see dragons as more like boa constrictors, basically. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds like yeah. it. And so then it adds that from which uh, cool. not even the elephant is safe by the greatness of its body. For lurking about the paths by which the elephants are accustomed to go, it binds their legs in its coils and kills them by suffocation. 
Now they are bred in, in, in Ethiopia and mm. in India, where it is so hot that there is heat upon the very mountaintop. So they also did think basically like they thought that dragons were potentially real, but they also like didn't really expect to see them. They were like, there's like these other countries over there where they have dragons and also elephants. Oh, <laughs> weird. And then adds that to this dragon, the devil is likened to as a most enormous serpent. As it often rushes forth from its cavern into the air and the air glows around it, so does the devil, raising himself from the depths of hell, transform himself into an angel of light, and deludes stupid people with the false hope of glory and human joy. As it is said to be crested, so is he himself the <laughs> king of pride. It has power not in its teeth but in its tail, and so his power being lost, he deceives with a lie those whom he attracts to himself. It lies hid about the paths by which the elephants go, and so the uh, and so the devil always pursues men who are fond of display. It binds their legs with coils, and if it is able, entangles them, and so he entangles their road to heaven with the knots of sins, and it kills them by suffocation, and so if anyone dies entangled in the chain of sins, without doubt he is condemned to hell. All right, then. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah so it's got this like whole uh, you know big connection to uh, the devil and you know one of the pop thing one of the reasons dragons are so common in medieval art is because they're integrated into christian mythology in this big way which is obviously not in this movie at all no. which you know as i said we even like have a monk and he seems to have no idea that christianity exists <laughs> so and you know there's more positive depictions of dragons as well like people use dragons on their coats of arms and it's like to some extent it's a more kind of general uh kind of positive uh, image of like strength or cunning but uh yeah mm -hmm. but in particular we often see this like dragon as yeah symbolic of the devil basically and also yeah dragons apparently really hate elephants it's like the big thing about dragons in medieval bestiaries. And there's a lot of... Is it because they have long memories? Right. <laughs> and there's actually a lot of pictures, and I'll make sure to post one in the Media Evil Facebook group when this episode comes out, but there's like a lot of pictures in like from the Middle Ages of like dragons attacking elephants. Really? I've never seen a lot of those. Yeah. I want to see it and I don't. Yeah. Um, I do yeah. have a question that's not directly related, but there's a lot of medieval mm -hmm. paintings and drawings and stuff of monks fighting life-size snails, like, like human-sized snails or uh, the monks are right. miniature. What, what is up with that? <laughs> <laughs> what? I want to know. So, I mean, so... So part of it is definitely just, like, there's this, like, very, like, quirky marginalia tradition, which actually has a lot of, like, vaguely anthrop, like, sort of, like, semi-anthropomorphized, like, fighting animals. Mm -hmm. So, like, part of it is, like, there's, like, this whole tradition. There are actually a couple of relatively new articles that have come out that I actually have not read yet about, like, what the snails in particular are potentially supposed to symbolize in this context, and I don't actually know offhand. But my but my sense is essentially that like basically the idea is that like the images and the margins are supposed to then be kind of commentary potentially on things that are happening like in the main text or images. And that's where the snails often are. They're kind of in the margins hmm. and they sometimes have like subversive functions. So I'm, I'm interested actually. Okay. I uh, need to read some of the kind of new research and scholarship that's being done on the snails. Yeah, I want to read some of that too because it's I found it on... Tumblr, someone had commented saying that yeah. 
they thought it was monks being bored, so they were drawing, defeating the snails that were eating their gardens. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely part, like, the people who are, like, creating marginalia, like, in part, like, you can clearly see, like, you know, they're, like, having fun in a way that, like, maybe they're not with, like, the rest of their work to quite the same extent. But, yeah, but it does often have, like, sort of, like, commentary function in interesting ways, and there's, like, a lot of really interesting work done in general about, like, how the marginalia is, like, commenting on things that are going on in the main text. So, uh, yeah, as I said, I'm really interested to read some of the kind of new stuff um, and new theories about what the snails in particular (laughs) are doing, because it's definitely one of these, like, cool examples of things where just, like, all of a sudden the internet at large discovered something about the Middle Ages. Yeah. And none of my art history classes ever talk about it. It sounds pretty interesting. Right, yeah, because, like, it's, like, it's not, I mean, you know, you might do some, like, marginalia Mm -hmm. in uh, art history classes. Honestly, I feel like the marginalia that art historians are more likely to have, like, thought of to show to students are the, like, the dirty marginalia. (laughs) Yeah. Because there's actually a lot of dirty marginalia. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) I mean, one of my favorite medieval manuscript Im- um, images actually is uh, a nun picking penises off a tree. I think <laughs> like there's a tree that's growing penises <laughs> and a nun is like picking the penises off the tree. I feel like I've seen that before. Is it penis? <laughs> <laughs> or like that, you know, like she doesn't like need a man for her sexual satisfaction. <laughs> She, go she to the just tree. grows her own. Maybe it's the early version of uh, those zucchini jokes I used to hear my mom say. Right. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, medieval manuscripts in general are, like, a treasure trove of, like, super fun, often, like, really weird shit. Oh, Yeah. It's pretty great. And there are, yeah, in particular, like, there's a lot of, like, fighting animals and, like, bestiaries have a lot of, like, weird animal images. Very weird animal sexual images also. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I think there's definitely, like, a rabbit with a sword and also a giant penis. Like, I think that, I'm pretty sure that's, like, a thing I've seen. I haven't seen any of this. I'm like, I'm amazed and horrified and interested. There was a day I sent you like a whole slew of texts of medieval drawings of weird shit. I remember that. (laughs) I don't. (laughs) I must have blocked it out. (laughs) All right. So I feel like also snails would be like really fun to draw. Like they're kind of spirally. Yeah. I don't know. I think it'd be fun. Now I want to draw a snail. (laughs) <laughs> kind of soothing. Yeah. I used to draw little, like, spirally, like, doodles. Like, they they weren't that good, but... <laughs> I, I used to do the, the spirally S. I've been coloring in a coloring book. Like, Oh, right, yeah. For the next section, I have us all come up with, essentially, an alternative movie we might make uh, inspired by or instead of this one. <laughs> Mine is actually, I'll just say first, because it is very much inspired by what I was just talking about, which is that the, like, weird medieval movie I kind of want to see is this movie that's, like, Alien versus Predator, but it's a dragon and a, like, and an elephant. (laughs) Oh. All right. Very interesting. 
and it's just like set in 13th it. century <laughs> England and like uh, you know unlike this movie we'll actually draw in like what might actually be you know happening in the particular period and like then thinking about like how would the people who are currently like in power and the people around them like respond to all of a sudden there's this like infestation of like I don't know maybe it's like a bunch of like dragons and elephants that are like battling it out in the towns of England in the towns of medieval England <laughs> It kind of makes me think of Godzilla and, like, all the monsters yes. that Godzilla fights and stuff, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so basically, like, a monster movie with, like, dragons and elephants, um, but it's just, like, set in 13th century <laughs> England. Like, the, the giant elephants that are Sounds from Lord, the Lord of the Rings movies. Right, yeah, elephants. like, that ended, like... <laughs> yeah, like some, like maybe like some of those and some dragons, and they're like fighting it out. <laughs> that would be funny. So, Mary, yeah. <laughs> do you have any ideas for a story? Because yeah, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> um, why is it? Is it a perfect piece of art? You don't want to. You don't want to do anything to it. <laughs> I just can't. I don't know. <laughs> I I might ramp up the magic yeah. and some of the goofiness and just really commit yeah. to it being a comedy. Oh, yeah, that would be yeah. good. But like a comedy of like tragedies. <laughs> yeah. That's what I would like. And Bowen should definitely die. <laughs> but like doing something noble, he redeems himself. Right. <laughs> But so yeah, yeah with that um, I like the the serpent kind of tale that you're talking about that they you know strangle people with. <laughs> so I'd probably throw that in. <laughs> like some kind of constricting scene, like some kind of scene where people or animals or something gets constricted with the tail, like a boa constrictor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I also, so he talked about when I was like, I was young and foolish, but you definitely get the idea that he was really old when he made that choice. Mm -hmm. So I would, I would kind of do something like make him smaller or something that you actually see a part of him. So you get an idea of his age, you know, Mm -hmm. where he's at in maturity. Um, so that it's more like you can really tell, oh yeah, he's like a young, you know, dumb person who wants their wants their glory and thinks that, you know, they have the power to change the way someone is. Yeah. And you could even have like a change in the voice. Like you could have somebody else who has like a like younger sounding voice uh, playing him when he's like little, and then have like the mm-hmm. more like grizzled person <laughs> when he gets older. Yeah. 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 And also, of course, Kara... Well, I changed all the names because it just drove me crazy. Yeah. It's like, these names don't all come from the same place. <laughs> so I would change the names and make them more accurate. Yeah. And, yeah, Kara, Kara should definitely kick some ass and yeah. not be a permanent damsel in distress. Yes. Yeah. That would definitely need to be changed. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like there needs to be more women. Yes. Like, I remember when yeah. I first watched it with Mary, we were 
trying to count how many women were in it besides the queen and Kara. And there's only one scene where there's like, there's several in the background because there's a scene where they're getting ready to go fight the king and everything. And there's these women that are putting together weapons and stuff for the men. Mm -hmm. But that's the only time that I've seen (laughs) any women in the background. Yeah. (laughs) So this movie, yep. I, it definitely does not pass the Bechdel test because the only scene where we see Kara and Iceland no. talking to each other, they're talking on Ainen. It actually does pass a test that I invented for this podcast, which is the like actual lowest bar of there has to be <laughs> at least one named woman who doesn't die. And I have watched movies that do not pass. Um, really? Like more, oh, yeah. Yes, yeah. There are multiple medieval set films that do not pass. Uh, yeah and one of the reasons so many films don't pass the Bechdel test and don't even pass my really lowest possible bar test is because like there just aren't enough female characters in any of these movies yeah there's even now like modern movies you know it's changed it's finally changing a little but you can still get a, a few movies that are like wait wait there's no women here. Like, is this like just a men's club <laughs> that they're taking to space? Like, where are the women at? Women don't exist. <laughs> and like, why couldn't the dragon have been a woman? Like, we have a reference to a woman dragon. Yeah. True. Yeah, it's, it's true. true. The scarred one could have been the hero. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. I, I just really like the name. I'm, like, weirdly attached to her now. Yeah. <laughs> like, she's the real badass. Like, I want her movie. Yeah. Yes. Maybe that's what one of the, the other movies is about. Maybe. That's true. That would be nice. I feel like they do have, like, some that are pretty modern. I mean, more modern than I would expect. Like, 2016, maybe? Huh. Something recent. Hmm. So they've been making a lot. <laughs> now they made quite a few, and I didn't realize that until I went to look for this one. <laughs> <laughs> no one ever talks about them, so they can't be that great. Yeah. <laughs> but maybe they're, like, good, bad. Some of them might be. But yeah, and it's kind of like the, I don't know, like the movie I watched when I was a kid was uh, Beethoven, the movie about the St. Bernard. Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and that also, like, has a lot of sequels. Like, an immense amount of really? sequels. Yeah, like, Beethoven, like, meets another really? dog, wow. and then they have puppies, and, like, it's, like, a whole thing. I did not know that. <laughs> I thought I... I didn't either, yeah. And I'm pretty sure that this family that goes from, like, not wanting to have any dogs ends up having, like, six extremely large dogs. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, it's so expensive. Which is very expensive. It is, like, my personal goal to have, like, six very large dogs. But, <laughs> but like, wow. I, I have enough dog hair all over my house from one chihuahua that... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I also have enough dog hair. My uh, my dog's a bit bigger than that. She's, uh, she's an Australian Shepherd mix, so she's about 40 pounds, Aww. but she also, like... She's oh, very cute. fluffy and like produces a lot of hair, and also she's all white, <laughs> oh. and so the hair that she produces uh, is very visible. Oh my in my gosh. mostly black clothing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Ragnar. My mine's a Chihuahua Pomeranian mix. So she Aww. fluffs out a lot, and she's black and white. So it doesn't matter what I wear. <laughs> it's that, right. It's like it'll, it'll be something. Yeah. <laughs> I've always had this weird goal of having like one light haired cat and one black haired cat. And now I have that, but now I'm realizing what a mistake that was <laughs> because there's like no safe clothing. It's like the black hair is screwed by Icarus. Anything light colored is screwed by Ragnar. <laughs> but they're worth Animal it, I suppose. <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, God, no. <laughs> Yeah, no, I've been thinking I really should have, like, gone with, like, dark-colored animals to, to uh, for the good of my clothing. But, no, instead I ended up with, like, an all-white dog. <laughs> Got uh, one last uh, section where we rate the movies. So it's a scale of one to five, uh, one being the worst. And the criteria is entirely up to you. And we each get to rate the movie as we see fit. So uh, Sally, do you want to get started in terms of what you would want to rate the movie? Sure. Purely on like a nostalgia level, (laughs) I'm going to rate it like a three because I loved Mm -hmm. watching it just because I remembered being a kid and watching it constantly. (laughs) That's fair. The acting... The acting and everything, if it was based on only that, I would say a one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mary, what would you give it? Um, so I'm very conflicted because it's a lot of fun to watch, but it's also like it's terribly made. Yeah. <laughs> it's bad acting from good actors. So I think that probably lands it at like a three. Yeah. A three or a four, just because I'm torn between those opposite poles. Yeah. But it's, it's, you know, to borrow from the flop house, it's good, bad, you know, <laughs> it's fun to watch. Yeah. It's terrible. It, it definitely is kind of good, bad. Like I, I hadn't seen this before and so I don't have the nostalgia factor, but like, I definitely will say like, I enjoyed watching this movie. Like I would probably like recommend it as a good, bad movie. Yeah. I'm ultimately going to knock my own rating, though, down to a two, in part because of the same kinds of considerations that we've talked about, but also just because, like, as a historian, I would have found it so much less frustrating <laughs> if it hadn't given us this very precise year. Like, just like in private, <laughs> right. not set in the real world. Don't be like, this is England in the year 984, and then have that be like, wait, no, but then nothing that you've done makes any sense. <laughs> Yeah, it's a weird choice on their part. Yeah. So given that, I'm going to uh, knock my rating down to a two. But, you know, I would I would still, as I said, recommend this as like a fun to watch, like relatively short movie. Yeah, it, well, mm-hmm. it's not that long either. Yeah, yeah no, it's like it was like 90 minutes, maybe yeah. like, you know. It's a good thing to kind of put on in the background. A normal length movie for that. Especially now, everyone's... Everyone's all quarantined. Right, up. exactly. Like you, <laughs> no one really has anything better to do. You know, watch this movie. Why not? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. A rousing recommendation. <laughs> There's a plague right. outside. There's a plague what are you outside. Do? Watch a movie about dragons. who can talk. Right. 
Just pure yeah. escapism. I could watch Reign of Fire. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just pure escapism. Flirtatious talking dragons. That's so, <laughs> so odd. <weird. laughs> there was, okay, wait, there's another quote that I wrote down. Uh, I, because it was like, sounds, it sounds like that. I only chewed in self-defense, but I never swallowed. Right. I remember that one too. <laughs> Uh, Durango. <laughs> oh my god. And it's just like weird, like, so this one's weird. for the parents, y'all. And it's like, but did you have to? <laughs> I'm not even sure well, it was Yeah, meant it's like, do they that. know what they're saying? Yeah. Yeah. So it, it doesn't sound like it was meant as one of those, like, here's a joke that only the parents right. will understand. It sounds like they just completely went over their head like it completely went over their head on how that sounded right that's also very just possible. like the image yeah. of him sitting in his mouth straddling the, the dragon's <laughs> oh, it was so bad <laughs> it was so awkward to watch like my dad's in the room like oh this is so obviously like it was sexual so weird. <laughs> don't mind this man writing a dragon's tongue it's fine <laughs> Oh god! And then he even the dragon even like spits on him. It's like yeah, like hacks up a loogie and spits on him while he's sitting in there. Right? Oh, so gross. I was like, oh, this There's is like too a lot much. Of dragon drool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I never thought of dragons as prone to drooling. No, but apparently they also did the weird thing with the dragon where the the fire came out of its nose instead of its mouth. That's the right. only time I've ever seen a... <laughs> right. It's... That's the only time I've ever seen one where it comes out of the yeah. nose. Right. It's like fire snot. Yeah, snow... Snow fireball attack. Yeah, fire snot. <laughs> <laughs> you always have clear sinuses if you're a dragon. Dragons <laughs> <laughs> oh, are not I know. That, that would be very nice. Yeah, they're not subject to, like, respiratory things. You don't have to worry about the dragons getting COVID-19. Right. <laughs> They'll just burn yeah. up. <laughs> oh, my gosh. There you go. There's a movie. Uh, people, there's a plague or something like COVID-19, and the humans can't find a cure, but dragons are immune, and for some reason we can transfer, you know, suit, you know use pseudoscience, like pseudo, <laughs> maybe some alchemy, throw that in. And just be like, now they're hunting, looking for dragons so they can, like, take their blood or some organ right. <laughs> and make and make a serum out of it. <laughs> a dragon based. So the dragons are being hunted for a, for a vaccine instead of because they're eating all the livestock. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they keep mostly to themselves. They're vegetarians now. <laughs> I like that. I would also see that movie. <laughs> yeah that would be fun yeah Yeah. so as we finish up here are there places where the listeners could find you both on the internet yes we have a joint account um on instagram it's called the writer and the artist with an underscore Mm -hmm. between each word it's a little long (laughs) and we're also on youtube 
through the artist and the writer with an ampersand instead of the word and. Great. So yeah, everybody should check yep. you both out there. If you have enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe in your preferred podcatcher app and rate and review on Apple Podcasts. I will read new five-star reviews in future episodes. Please also follow the podcast on Twitter at Media Evil Pod and join the Facebook group. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Sarah Ifdecker. And if you have any questions or suggestions, I would love to hear from you via email at media.evilpod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening to Media Evil. Bye. Bye. Yay. Yay. My dog to save the dragon. Who will go with me? Universal Pictures presents a motion picture Dragonheart. <laughs>